Hello, welcome to Human Tech, a podcast about the intersection between humans and psychology. And uh, my name's Guthrie. I'm here with Susan. Hello. Hello. You said that wrong. Oops. <laughs> you said the intersection between humans and psychology. I meant technology. Yes. We got the ologies mixed up. Pretty close, though. How are you um, today, Guthrie? I'm doing, I'm doing fine. Uh, yeah. There's, uh, you know, there's lots going on. Always lots going on. Yeah, uh, we are uh, uh, live, of course. I hope uh, I hope this is uh, hope hope this is streaming to all of our uh, all of our places. all of our sources, all of our places. Um, so today we're gonna pick up where we left off. Uh, last time we did a lot about the UX of AR and VR, and we did not have enough time to cover all the wonderful things that we. Um, would have liked to cover it. So I said there was going to be part two. This is a part two. This is part two. This part two is about more than just uh, headsets and the actual application of stuff. And we're going to go up a little bit further into uh, maybe the software side, the user experience of some of the software things. Okay. Uh, um, much like we said last time, there is a... You know, there's the five-year, and then there's the 10-year, right? And then there's the 40-year. So yeah. we understand that some of the nitpicks um, are short-term nitpicks, right? So, like, yeah, in 40 years, it will certainly won't be an issue. Maybe in five or 10 years, you know, the process of these things gets cleaned up. And so we don't want to say that the, the limitation of the technology is exclusive um, to... I don't know the, you know, what it is currently right now. Okay. Right. Um, still, right. Still, uh, you, you still have to, the realities of what's happening today. But it would be nice in to. In the near future. Right. But it would be nice to keep in mind. I mean, hopefully. As we move forward, the things that that we and others identify as, you know, UX, uh, either wish list or UX issues, you know, identifying them now will help, hopefully. You know, because sometimes there are technologies that they just, you know, organizations and companies work on them and move them forward, but not necessarily moving it forward from a UX point of view. So I, you know, I always think it's good to think about the UX of everything, but that's just my particular lens I'm always from. But, uh, so anyway, yeah, I'm curious as to where, where how you want to, where you want to dive in here for this part two. And let me also mention that since we are live, uh, if people are watching us live and if you have questions or um, comments, you know, feel free to, to type them into the chat. So, yeah. Uh, so here, here's how I sort of want to proceed. Okay. okay. Go ahead. One of the other problems, I think that some of these, what is affectionately disparagingly, I'm not entirely sure. It's either with affection or disparage. Uh, have you heard of web 3.0? Well, sure. But, you know, I remember when web, the, the term web 2.0 <laughs> came out. Okay. Okay. So do you, let's see. This is, this will be your quiz. Can, oh, no. Can I'm going to flunk this quiz. Can you do web 1.0, web 2.0, and then web 3.0 according to the zeitgeist? No. <laughs> there. I answered the question. How about web yeah. 1.0? Well, it's all, I mean, web 1.0. I'm not saying this is smart. I'm just, you know, these are all when the web, you know, when the whole internet first came out. I don't know. It depends. It is interesting. It depends on where you want to make these delineations, right? I mean, you you know, you ask these questions, and then I end up having to show how very ancient I am by the answers I give. So I remember when I remember when the internet first came out, and 
it was just this idea that you could communicate with people, you know, through your computer was just amazing. I think that's web 1.0, but then that would take it all the way back to bulletin boards, like pre websites. Maybe that's not what you mean. Well, maybe you could have 1.1 and 1.2. Yeah. Yeah. So in the one, in the web 1.0, we got used to communicating with other people online and also in creating these things called web pages to show uh, information because initially it was primarily information and a little bit of images. You mm-hmm. certainly didn't, couldn't do video. You couldn't do what, we, what we're doing right now. So that's what I think of as Web 1.0. And I should, I should say uh, the old, um, there are old, uh, you know, the old Pizza Hut website. All the old websites, they're, they're all like, beautiful. We're on the, anyways, we're on the web. Okay, so that's one web, 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 web. Then you had web 2.0, which is all the social media stuff. We all know about that. This is moving right along. We don't have to talk about this. And then we finally get to um, uh, what is now being coined web 3.0, which is right, some is sort, that? well, it's part Silicon Valley hype, part metaverse, part AR, part VR, part crypto, um, something it's, I guess it's, it's a little vague. I'm sure there are people who have better interpretations, um, than I do. So that's the, that's the kind of the big, the big overview of it is that it will much like social media changed many things. It will also sort of change many things. Um, I think it is important to realize a little bit the sense, I mean, things happened really quick in the social media landscape, but it still took like a decade. It was for, not. For it to really become an established mm-hmm. part of online culture, you mean? Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, things are accelerating, but I'm not, I'm not entirely sure that they'll zoom through overnight. And... I think um, you can take a lot of lessons, of course, from the Web 2.0. There was, if you go back and you read the articles from then and you listen to the interviews from uh, back back then, there was a, uh, I don't know, the people were saying what it was going to be like and the transformation it was going to bring. There's a lot of things about how it's like, democracy and the, the social, the town square and everyone will have this free thing of ideas and you'll have you'll, your, your friend group won't be your friend group anymore. You'll find people around the world and that'll be your friend group. And uh, you'll stay instantly connected and you'll never be alone. And on and on and on and on and on. And um, yeah, yeah, it is, it is, you know, because you, you remember this. I do. And, and, you know, it is, it is just so much a, such a human thing to imagine what the newest tool is going to do for us as a species, you know, on the planet. And then the reality of what the tool does. So for instance, what you just mentioned, you know, it's going to connect us, right? No one will have to be alone anymore. And then we have all this research that comes out that says about how being online makes you feel alone, right? Or the idea that you're going to be connected with people in a new community that you wouldn't have otherwise. And now we find out that, that connecting online creates even more intense bubbles where you talk less and less to other people to people who aren't like you and and you really become insular and just communicating with people who share the same point of view you do. So, you know, the reality of the especially especially if we're talking about, you know, social interactions, the reality of what the technology does is really different than what we think it will do. And that's you know, I just see that repeated over and over and over. Whatever tool you know, there's just like, I guess there's two. Can we have, can we have um, 
you know, Susan Weinschenk axioms or something, you know, I didn't invent this, I don't think, but, but I'll just say one, one thing we should learn from history is that whatever tools exist in the world, whether technology or any other kind of tool, if there's a way to use it in a social interactive way, we will push it to the, that, to, we will make that happen. That's one, one axiom. And the other is, and then once we start doing that and we start predicting what this means and how this will impact us, we'll be wrong. You know, those are like the two things we should learn from history. And yet, I'm not sure we learned those lessons. Right. So part of the... Uh, there's, you know, there's a nostalgia for the one web 1.0. There is. Oh my gosh. Who's nostalgia? This is just like the nostalgia for LP records. Probably. Because those of us who lived through these previous technologies just go, why would you want it? Why do you want to go back to records and you scratch them and then they don't sound good anymore? And, you know, like. What <laughs> you know, there's a I just there's a whole supply chain backup about a vinyl. I don't know if you know this. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? Adele ordered half a million copies of her latest album as an LP, and now no one else can get their LPs made because they're just they're still using the machines from the 1950s, yeah, and uh. And they can't, you know, they they don't have the machine to make the the new machine. They can't run them that hard and they don't have enough of the literal vinyl. Anyway, why would you want to go back to what is the nostalgia for 1.0? In what way? I don't, I don't understand that. It's in a lot of ways, mostly cultural and aesthetically. We're getting a little far field, but like the LP. Yep. Yep. What no, do the same you thing. mean? What do you mean? Culturally uh, pixelated graphics. A <laughs> uh, lot of text. <laughs> I can't handle uh, Nothing. It wasn't slick. Um, but well, there's that, also. That's, I guess that's true. Yeah, it wasn't But there's slick, also a nostalgia for, the, for how non corporate it was. It wasn't hyper corporate. Not everything was, you know. Branded in a branded corporate way. And, there was, you know, even even the companies who were doing stuff on the web, it was just like, a, it just felt much more authentic, you know? Like Pizza Hut was like, hey, we have a website, you know? And now every big company, it's all the marketing team has put together a thing with this. Don't and disparage marketing teams. They, they hire us. That's our clients. Well, but marketing teams are really, really good at making money. Right. Like, well, that's they, it. Well, I guess they do what they are designed to do very, very, very well, um, which is to I did grow. Not, okay, I did money. not know. That's thank you for teaching me something new today. I did not know that there was a nostalgia for 1.0. Huge, very big, very big. Um, there's a there's music genres based on it. There are lots of very popular games. Wait a minute, a minute. there's music genres based on web 1.0 and the time yes because back in the day as you know you were you were a music composer um you could i wasn't composing back then though fine but um there was a limited amount of computer uh, power oh i see what you mean so yeah. you just had to do simple sine wave MIDI well, stuff. You had to do live musicians to record. No, 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 not on the internet, right? Because you had to do MIDI. You had to do MIDI based because yes. it wasn't enough. You didn't. You couldn't download a MP3. Okay. It was too yeah, big, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyways, so, yeah. okay. I, and I do wonder if once we sort of hit Web 3.0, if there will be sort of a nostalgia and fifteen for 2.0? years. For, but like, like the glorification of 2.0. So like mm. right when social media started, I mean, there were years of my life where Facebook was so cool and everyone I knew was posting all about their entire lives on it. And it was really fun. And you would get home and you would check it and there would be 
people That's commenting true. and saying it, stuff. There was an excitement. It 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 was it was so so fun. Um, and then it got really weird and corporate and addy and everyone's grandparents got on and then it died and blah, blah, blah. And then the next thing kind of takes over. But even though the next thing took over, um, the thing that takes over is now still hyper corporate, hyper profit oriented in a way that, you know. Um, well, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Well, okay. So. I, this is for, like I said, we're getting a little, all right. we're so getting a little far it's, All right. So I, so maybe at some point we will long for the days when, um, when everyone was in their own bubble. I don't know if we're going to long for that, but I, I, but like I said, I said before, we're always wrong. So, all right. I'll, I'll give you that much. There just, right. there's, there seems to be a, 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 a really glorification for things. All right. In so the, what's 3.0? Well, we don't really know, right? We didn't really know what 2.0 is going to look like. We don't really know exactly what 3.0 is going to look like. But a lot of people... Is, do you think, though, that is is the, is the is meta saying that 3.0 is going to be the metaverse? That is... That that's is, what they're saying. That's I, I don't, you know, I don't want to put words in their mouth specifically, but companies like them... That's yeah. sort of the, like I said, the zeitgeist, right, the hot right. word on the, you right. know, buzz, buzzwords. Right. So there are, I just think there are a couple fundamental problems. Okay. With this. What are they? Because we like to talk about mental models, right? Yes. I think Web 2.0 had some really good mental models. Well, okay. You want to um, just give an example of what you mean by by that well um so if i come to you and i say what how do i explain a driverless car okay well it's a car except a computer is doing the driving okay okay even if i don't understand the technology and i don't get it it's a very simple mental model it's exactly the same as a car except instead of a human there's a computer driving okay computers right. can do human tasks I, I i know what what goes on okay you know web 2.0 i mean the the original internet was really hard. Web 1.0, people could not understand. It was a very difficult mental model, right? You it's know, like, like, what, what, is, what it? is this? It's cyberspace. It's like a place, but it's virtual. And you have all the movies from the 90s where people are trying to explain the software programmers, but they're like, they're going into the internet and stuff. Um, yeah. Because people just had, it, it was a really, really hard mental model. We didn't model. have a mental model for it, right? Um. So then 2.0 came along and I think I think 2.0 was pretty easy. Like uh like what is, you know, sort of what's what's my space? Well, it's a it's a, you know, it's a bulletin board where you post stuff and then all your friends can look at your board. Or Facebook. It's like a Rolodex. If anyone knows what a Rolodex is, any we're, we're going to have to use a, a a newer term than Rolodex, but contact list well. I know what a Rolodex is. Maybe, is Rolodex an, a, an American-centric term? I don't people, know. If anyone is uh, watching, if you can tell us if people in Europe use the term or Rolodex. Or Asia. Yeah. Well, nobody else. uses the term Rolodex unless they're, you I know, just used it. Over, oh, yeah, that's true. You did use it. Okay. But maybe that's like a brand name. Maybe there's like a some sort of contact list. So yeah, okay. Facebook, right? It's a contact list. And you just connect with all your friends in your life. And then you can talk to them, except you talk to them instead of writing them a letter, you like write them a message okay. electronically. Yeah. The, I think the mental model wasn't too bad. Yeah. Even Twitter, which doesn't have a good allegory in real life. At least it was simple. You write out a couple characters and you send it out and then anyone can see anything you write. It's new, but it's not hard. I don't think necessarily. it was considered. It was, it was considered weird. The mental it was considered model, weird, but, but you could understand, understand the model. Yeah. So we, my my question yeah. to you then is: Can yes. you explain to me what like, an <laughs> NFT is? Can anyone really explain what? It is? I mean, yeah, I, I think yeah. No, this is interesting. I think we are getting to some technologies that 
where we don't have male models and we don't know how to describe. We, we, we struggle to describe the mental model or we just struggle to describe some of these things because we don't have a good shared mental model. And that would include like, you know, crypto, NFTs, metaverse. It's like you start to try and describe them and you feel like you're stumbling around. So well, I agree with you. Well, hold on. What? Oh, uh, fantastic. Um, thank you. We have, uh, we have someone here. Um, from they they use the word Rolodex. Apparently, it's not just a U.S. thing. So okay, good. Um, so the dangers of mental models, I think, will may cause pitfalls for this. Um, the assumptions about what it does and what it's capable of is sort of interesting. I think the metaverse is the easiest mental model. It's just like real life, except it's virtual. So anything you would do in real life, you can do in the metaverse. Well, you can say that, but then what does that really mean? I don't know. Well, that that's but at really least clear. that's like a mental model I can have. If I if I have never used a computer and I, I say, hey, what's the metaverse? And you're like, well, you put on this headset and you're transported to a different world where you can, you know, do all this stuff, except you're just doing it in a digital place. Yeah, that maybe works, but okay. But even if it does, it's it's certainly better than explaining NFTs or crypto or like what's the blockchain? Like that's a that's very that's a very difficult mental model. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think can but, I but, can I interject something before you go on? Yeah, sure. I think some of these mental model ideas. Also, this is where the whole generational differences will come in Huge. because Huge. I think it's likely easier for younger people to understand the mental model of the metaverse than it is for people, and I don't know what that age break would be, but it's going to be, you know, people who, and we talk about, and then, in fact, Guthrie, I was just reading the latest research on changes in the adolescent brains, because you and I talk about this theory a lot. Uh, um, and actually now there's more evidence of it. So, but anyway, I digress way too much. So um, if when you hit adolescence, if when you hit puberty, you had experienced uh, spending significant time and being immersed in, a, in digital anything, then I think the mental model of, of the metaverse, as you just described it, will be somewhat easy to grasp. However, if you are of a generation where when you hit puberty, you were not immersed in a digital world of any kind because it didn't exist, I think the mental model of a metaverse is going to be more difficult. So I'll just mention that. I mean, I think you, there's a lot of mental models about video games you know, second life happened like right, but this is ago. but right, but this is what I'm saying. If you're past a certain age, there was no video games, there was no second life. No, I understand, TV. but but people, but you've been there's been ten years of being exposed to, and learning about the mental model of a video game. Like you can go to someone who. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Okay, fine. Be surprised. Fine. All right, keep going. So, so part of, I think, the problem then, the next problem that needs to be solved is fundamentally, when you are doing like a Facebook, okay, Web 2.0, the only thing that really matters is just being able to easily communicate between people. As long as that's easy, the humans fill in the rest. Much like, you know, a, a, a movie is at 24 frames per second. You know, our eyes sort of fill in the rest to make it look smooth. Our brain does that. So yeah. we have the system 
you know, the, the, the most terrible message boards out in, in the 90s or whatever, it wasn't sleek or pretty. But it didn't, as long as I could write some something easily and someone could read it easily and respond to me, that's really all you needed. Yeah. And the mental model did not assume anything beyond that. Okay. Once you start getting into metaverse stuff, that is, now, it's just like real life except digital. There's a whole slew of invisible mental models that come along with that that like are what? so much more complicated. I'll give you an example. Yes. So <laughs> uh, I read an article about a woman who, you know, entered, you know, the metaverse and walked around for a little bit and was basically immediately harassed. And, you know, people were sort of grabbing her in the in the metaverse. That doesn't happen in real life for most people most of well, the time. It happens more than any of us like to admit. Sure, but this happened within like seconds of her joining right. the circle. You right. know, you know, it's not it's not like, you know, 50% of the time walking down the street you're being physically assaulted. So there are just some assumptions about being alone, being safe, like having normal interactions with people. Being able to call nine one one and the and and the uh, just that sort of basic core tenets that are actually really really difficult to implement. Um, and well, now that's there are, so there are just a lot of assumptions that right yeah. out of the gate, Web three is in a lot of trouble when it comes to the mental model of the way things are supposed to work and supposed to behave and we're and that i'm not even talking about the technical aspects no there's an interesting work. thing that, yeah i see what you're saying it actually makes me very sad that that would happen but it doesn't surprise Are me you but, surprised no i'm not surprised because okay now i have a couple happens of things video have, games all the time now too. i have to say now i have a couple things i have to talk about so first of all what's interesting about 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 the assumed mental model here, then I don't know if this can anything can be done about this in terms of design or ex user experience. You know, when I go into a physical space, okay, it mm -hmm. there it is definitely possible for me to go into a place, uh, whether that be into a strange city, into a particular neighborhood, into a particular uh, restaurant or store or something where I, I didn't realize that my safety was at risk. Right. I, it becomes apparent once I'm in the environment that, uh Oh, I, I thought this was going to be safe or I wouldn't have done it, but it is not safe. I mean, that happens in the real world, but we also have a, a fair amount of, usually we have a fair amount of control over that, right? We, we don't just wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to go to someplace I don't know at all. And it might be extremely dangerous and I don't know, and I'm not going to check it out and I'm just going to show up. I mean, some people do that, but a lot of people don't do that, right? They think about where they're going and whether it's safe you know, they think about that. They make a decision. Um, now, there's some people that can't, like, you know, first responders or, or journalists that find themselves, you know, being sent to a war zone or something. But for the rest of us on a day-to-day -day basis, we can usually take some precautions. But if we're talking about, you know, can't, what level of control and advance notice, right? Because these aren't real spaces, because the safety of the space can change in an instant based on all kinds of things, like who happens to show up. You know, that's, um, 
that changes that changes uh, you know the the risk, and I think that's a really big issue. I also and so that's one thing I agree with you, and I think the whole mental model thing around that is interesting and disastrous, potentially disastrous. <laughs> no, seriously, it is. But the other part of it is that. You know, I have, I've had periodically arguments with people, especially, well, I'll just say with people, about whether we're, you know, the humans are progressing, you know, we're getting better, we're getting more civilized, we're getting more empathetic, we're getting, over time, a viewpoint that I don't agree with at all, I am an absolute I guess you could say pessimist. I would say more realist about this. You know, unfortunately, we bring all of our humanity into these virtual spaces, which are good things and bad things, which is, I mean, we're, we're humans and unfortunately, often we don't behave in particularly good ways. So I don't know. What do you do with that? What do you do with that? And are we going to get to the, you know, is this going to be the thing like has happened with the internet uh, in which the organizations and companies that are sponsoring the platforms just go, oh, we're just the platform. We can't control what people do. We've got ethical issues here, Guthrie, and you're the ethical person. Yeah. So this is this is a big problem with Web 3.0. Let's move on. So that was the meta part. Let's you're move you're on. getting me really sad. Thank you. Let's move on to the crypto part. We haven't solved it. All right, fine. Move on. The crypto part. There, yeah. you know somehow that blockchain will be associated and NFTs and all this stuff. Yeah. With the model, metaverse, you mean? Yeah. Or sure. just in general, it's all part of web. All of it. All of okay. it. Okay. Um, it is. The mental model is really kind of mind blowing. Are we going to be able it's to really hard? And let's, so let's, let's, just, let's, let's just talk about uh, Bitcoin. Okay. Okay. The mental model, I suppose, is somewhat simple. If you don't actually know what it is, you just say, it's like money, but it's digital. Okay? Okay. So then I say, okay, so it's like my bank account. Right. And, and they then say, you say... Well, no, not really, because there is no central... Location. Location that keeps a record of the bank. Right. It's on the right. chain and everyone has a record of what everyone else does. The act, the, the actual like hurdles that a normal person has to overcome is pretty extreme. And to this understand is even, the mental model. But no, to, to be able to use it. Yes. Oh, and this is, yes. And this is even beyond uh, we'll just scoot right over, you know, what happens if co countries decide to start regulating it as security, and then you have more steps, and then it gets even more complicated. I mean, right now, if I want to buy a book from you, okay, there's a slew of ways I could do it. I can send money on PayPal, Venmo, or I can write your check, or I can pay you in cash, all of which are simple relatively simple in my life. I have a mental model for doing such things. I understand how money transfers. So if I want to send it to you in Bitcoin, you know, everyone has to be in the system already. And getting in the system is not particularly easy. Now, some might say getting a bank account is not particularly easy too. You need a home address and you need a form of identification and you need X and Y and Z and you know, but that's a mental model that most people already have. Well, that some people have. There are actually huge numbers of people that do not, 
They may have the mental model of a bank account, but they don't have a bank, have account. A bank account. Right. And um, and so you know. Uh, okay, but I have a question if, for you. If, if the web, if it's social media, at least was solving, or thinking it was solving, a problem, which was people need an easier way to communicate. And this is, we have a solution for that. Um, part of part of the problem is there's not necessarily a super easy way. You know, if you're going to have like a wallet, right? And you forget your password. Your money is just gone forever. All right. All right. That's a problem. I yeah, I understand. I think there is a problem, but I want to separate the technology problem from the mental model problem. It's good. Although, uh, although in that this case, they might be joined. But I want you to to imagine going way back in time before there before point. there was money. Oh, that's a little further than I was going to go back. <laughs> before there was money, you know the I think, idea. I think there was always money. No, it used to be. I love the book. What's the book? Um, oh. I mean, they use salt as money, but that was just money with extra steps. There was, they did use salt with money. They used shells with money. There's this, what's the book about? Uh, oh, I'm Homo sapiens, Uval. Anyway, he does a great job of explaining. I think what you mean is before currency. Before currency. But even it used, there was a point where you didn't, you didn't take a commodity like salt. Um, and everybody kind of agreed that that was a useful commodity. You just, you literally bartered one item for another. If I want That's that fine. donkey that you have, I have to figure out not a currency that we all agree has value because I can take it and I can trade it to someone else. But yes, I had, you had you had a currency with each individual each person individual you transaction had its own currency. Sure. Sure. Um, and so the you know we had to talk each other into it's okay we're going to use salt you know it and and it's okay you'll be able to trade that salt you know that that mental model was was different. And, and they're also, you know, mental models about... Yeah, I think that took like 2,000 years, though. Exactly. And then, you know, and mental models about communication. Like, we can communicate by writing down these little things on... on uh, you know, pig bladders with a, a mark, you know? That's a way we can communicate. It's like, no, we communicate by telling and memorizing stories. That's how we communicate. So I think there have been times when we've made pretty major shifts in mental models, but there it can be difficult and it can take a really long time. I agree with that. I don't think, I think the amount of time it takes to get a new mental model has you know, it's shortened over the eons that we've been on the planet. Yes. But I, I think, I think the problem is for this upcoming web 3.0. Yeah. Um, summarize. It's a complex mental model and that generally takes more time. Yeah. And also what's the problem that I have as a person that I need to solve that this, this helps me solve. Like when zoom happened, okay. People, there were lots of people who are not very technologically savvy who had trouble with zoom and didn't like it and blah, blah, blah. And we're always on mute and all the jokes and stuff. Um, but at least it was solving a problem, which was there's a pandemic and I need to be on this meeting. And so people, you know, they gritted their teeth and they figured it out and they figured out how to do the thing and the software and blah, blah, blah. Um, but what is the problem that web three is solving that is going to push me, you know, as a normal person to really understand what an NFT is and to like use these things, you know, 
Um, at the moment, mm-hmm. the, 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 the underlying thing has been, well, you can make money doing it because the asset appreciates. But that's not really a problem. You know, that's not. That's, that's interesting. Know. It's interesting. Your point, you know, like, like, um, I guess you could say maybe it's like ease of communication, but I don't well, know. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's almost like that, that the, um, you know, the venture capital has a problem. You know, they have a lot of money and there's nowhere to spend it. And so they're thinking up ways to spend, things, new things to do. Why but, go through the problem of figuring out things to sell in real life when we can just make up things and sell them <laughs> in fake life? The uh, profit margins are amazing. Right, don't right. Even have to- right. So I think that's a really interesting question. What is, is this really, so, you What's know. a solution in search of a problem. Right, which, which we, you know, we as as humans, or at least as you know, profit making companies um, are always very interested in you know build it and they will come, or we can create the need. You know, we'll 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 create it and then we'll make people realize how much they need it. But yeah, it may not it may not be enough. It may not truly serve a, a need, um, it may not be a better way to do, you know, I guess you could look at it, Guthrie, and I, I don't know if this is accurate or not. Perhaps the things that will really take off and become, you know, X.O um, are the things that we have been doing anyway but this allows us to do it better, faster, deeper. I mean, if you look at, you know, web 1.0 and 2.0, that's that's certainly true for the for all of those technologies. You know, we wanted to communicate with each other faster, better. We want, you know, we wanted to uh, purchase things. Uh, in besides having to go to a store, as you said, we wanted to attend meetings without having to do it in person. You know, attending meetings, purchasing things, those, we are, uh, connecting with other people. Those are things we were already doing. The the technology that was really popular became really popular was the ones that allowed us to do it better or easier. But that was a generational jump, and I don't know that. I you don't, don't have you don't have a basic human need to be in the metaverse or to uh, deal in NFTs or crypto blockchain basic I mean, human need for blockchain yes but you know is it if all you're telling me is that it's it's just a better way to do video it just like three-dimensional video conferencing that's cool. I like that. Um, but I'm, you know, I, I think I'm just, I'm missing something. So, okay. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. You get a phone call. Do you get, do people get phone calls anymore? I get Your spam phone- calls. <laughs> My All car's right. extended warranty is expiring. You get, you get a text message from, uh, Meta. Uh huh. And they say, Guthrie, come help us. How can how can we make this really really popular? Well, it's gonna be they they own Facebook. It's gonna be popular. They have they like they, one quarter of the Earth is their user base. Well, no. They, they they could fall flat on their face. There's lots of companies that used to be big in a space that aren't there anymore. Do you, what could they, is there any deep human need that 
the current plans for the metaverse would tap into. Yes. Do you I want have to, to. Do you want to share that, or you're not ready? Because I just asked you that. To I asked you that out of nowhere. If they could really nail not being harassed on the internet, <laughs> I'm serious. If they could make a space, but that but wasn't a terrible place to be online, maybe. But you kind of implied earlier that it was the opposite, <laughs> that they had created a place where it was really easy to be harassed, easier than before. And scammed. Don't underestimate scamming viruses. You know, you're in the metaverse and someone's like, hey, here's a free picture. And you're so like, cool. You're saying and then your computer's if, a... If something about the metaverse felt extremely safe that would be that would be a uh, um, you know a power look, use look the western modern banking system works because of 1200 years of building up trust and standards yes. and backups I and agree. verifications Yes. And the FDIC insured and yes. the whole thing. And yes. even up in the 30s, there was a problem with everyone putting their... 1930s, uh, yes. Yeah, you know, in the U.S., they, they would... They, yes. They didn't want to use and the... And even uh, with that... Bank. You know, yeah. so people, it, you know, so it took a long time for people. To, that's why they have the FDIC and the insurance and, you know, yeah. you get your money if, if the bank falls and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, so like it's got to be foolproof 99.9999% of the time. And right now I think it's foolproof like 30% of the time. But that's the, but what I hear you say is one possible use case. If you can make the case, which I'm not sure you could, but if you could make the case that for whatever reasons, the metaverse is safer or blockchain is safer or NFT sure. is safe. Yeah. Safety right now is something that we crave and we aren't definitely, we're not sure we have that in the digital world. Okay. Well, that'll be part three then. We'll do safety as part three. I didn't know we were going to have a part three. Well, we weren't, but we were. We didn't get through it in part two, so. Okay. All right. So we're going to do a a uh, web 3.0 dot 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 is safety the master use case. Yeah. Okay. Or is there and and I guess this gives us a week in between our our broadcast here to think of maybe there's another well the other the other use case i'll say is the use case that's listed is that people will be able to have all kinds of cool experiences that's that don't not, actually exist in the real world that's not and enough of a use case i don't think that's enough maybe people go on roller coasters for, for no other reason than because it's fun so yes but but how many people go on roller coasters a lot I would like to know, can you do some research on the percent? Because it's not no. the same as the percentage of people that use the monetary system <laughs> or go online. Okay. Well, on that, on that. Uh, All on right. That, before we leave. There you go. See, there you go. Before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm interested in this too. So we will explore safety. As the master use case of the metaverse, the master, the meta master, uh, in our next and other possible use cases in our next broadcast. But before we go, silly. Guthrie, what? It's also silly. It's not silly. You should just go back to caves and sticks. Okay. Yeah, you're in a good mood today. All right. Before we go, 
However, there's some things we need to say, which is mm-hmm. if you have ideas about topics for our podcast, for this live streaming, uh, which is also our podcast, please uh, let us know. And you can uh, always reach us at, go ahead, Guthrie. Info at the teamw.com. Info at the teamw.com. And um, I also want to say that uh, we have uh, two uh, behavioral design immersive courses coming up, one in April, one in July. If you're interested, uh, I guess, how do we get them information on that? They can go to our website, and we have information on that there, which is www.theteamw.com. It's just theteamw.com www will work but there's no need okay the team w.com w.com thank you uh anything else colon slash slash the team w.com oh make fun of me now oh no you're not that that is the official oh that's the link that's the official full link there is no w any other announcements we have for people uh we're starting to book conferences again we are not don't do it this month don't do it in june but you know if you have something unless there's another crazy covid variant wave blah 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 and if you want us to come speak at your conference yeah in person we're starting to look at uh, late summer fall dates yeah let us know we'd be interested hopefully uh like i said if as long as there's not some Another crazy wave. Hopefully I'd like things, to go somewhere. <laughs> things will be safe enough. To, I would to like to, to, back do, to that. I would like to do some traveling. But what? there might be the next, like I said, the COVID wave that turns everyone uh, into yeah, giant yeah. cockroaches or something. I don't know. Yeah, I hope not. Okay, thank you, Guthrie, and I'll see. We'll see you. See you guys next week. Thanks, for everyone, for joining us. Thank you. Bye. Bye.